guys, it's me, Emma's Thing, and this is my podcast, That's What He Said. With over 12 years of blogging, writing, posting, and sharing under my belt, I've somehow grown a small audience who, for whatever reason, seem to really like me. This podcast is just another extension of my blog and will offer unimportant life updates, reviews on movies, books, shows, daily musings about life, in-passing commentary on current events, and of course, a lot of stories of my past, present, and future. Just try it out and see how you like it. That's what he said. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the That's What E Said podcast with me, Emma's Thing. So it is Wednesday. Podcast recording days for me are always Wednesday, and I always try and do it in the morning because wouldn't you know that editing the podcast takes about as long as recording the podcast. So I try and start early to give myself ample time to get this episode right for you guys. So I am in my little closet studio. Cece is in here with me. If you hear any pitter-pattering that is coming from her, um, you know, she loves to hide in the closet. Hiding in the closet is one of her spots and she's usually very settled when she's in here but of course because she's in here with me today she keeps walking around and just cannot cannot find her comfort so let's all say a prayer for Cece that she finds exactly where she wants to lay for the next 45 minutes all right so last weekend sucked a bag of donkey dicks. So we are going to get into the first part of the podcast that I call, what have you even been doing? As you probably already know, um, my trip to Lawrence got canceled last weekend and I was very upset by it. Um, I really, really thought that I was going to be able to have a more rational, um, you know, kind of it's out of my control reaction to it being canceled, but that is not at all how I reacted. I was very upset. And I was upset because I just hadn't been back to Lawrence in so long. And this was an extra special trip because I was bringing my fucking fiance and my sister was bringing her wife neither of which I've ever been. And we got tickets to such a killer basketball game. It was Baylor against Jayhawks. And Baylor's the number one seed. And KU is the second. That's probably changed at this point. I don't know. Hashtag sports. I don't really follow. However, the seats were amazing. The whole weekend was just panning out so well. We got rooms at the um, newer hotel that they had. I feel like they had just started building it when I graduated back in 2009 but maybe maybe it started a construction on that new hotel started later than that but this hotel it's literally right off campus and so it was the perfect location and spot just so convenient and we actually had booked rooms there so when I woke up at 5 a.m. on Friday morning and saw that Southwest had texted me at 4 a.m. about our flight being canceled, I was pretty devastated. And for the record, they did rebook us on a flight for that evening at like 10. But it just taking a flight that late into Kansas pretty much ruined the weekend. It's like we needed two full days and we were not going to get that. So we just had to go ahead and cancel everything. So 
the first part of my very early morning on Friday was laying in bed because I refused to get out of it because I'm so chill and good at disappointment. Um, the first part of my Friday morning was spent laying there canceling everything, like getting on calls with the hotel, going back and forth, them calling me, me back, me having to say, I, I got to ask my sister and call you back. Also, I had to figure out the game tickets, which turned out really well. I mean, they're not super hard to sell, especially because since I went to KU, so many of so many of you guys, so much of my following, um, you know, lives in Kansas or they're Kansas City people and are really close to KU and, you know, were interested in buying the tickets off of me. So I got all the tickets sold and that was good. And we actually, I think that we got a full refund on the hotel, which was also really good. But it just sucked. And I, it put such a damper on things for me for Friday. So Friday in general was just a full-blown pity party. And I mean, look, the the weather was shitty. The thing about Dallas and Texas is that it ices here. It doesn't really snow as much as it ices, which is super fucking dangerous. So I get it. And it was very icy. So Zach actually stayed home on Friday as well and worked from home. But he legitimately worked from home. Whereas I was like, no, this is supposed to be my day off. So I'm not doing any actual work. I'm pissed. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm just gonna mope around the house all day. And that is exactly what I did. (laughs) You're welcome, Zach. I tried to busy myself by going through some of my winter stuff and getting it ready to put on Poshmark. And I just have to say, every other time that I have put stuff on Poshmark, it sells so quickly. This stuff has not. And I feel like it's such a validation that these are clothes that you should have gotten rid of a long time ago when you can't sell them on Poshmark. I've I've literally sold three things. I put a lot more than three things up and um, no one's interested. So <laughs> probably give it a little bit more time. But I'm just the type that like once I put it up, if it hasn't sold within a week or two, I'm not going to hold on to it. It's just creating more clutter in my space. And so I will end up packing them up and donating them somewhere local in town. But, you know, I got to try and make that money first because I spent so much of my hard-earned money on all these clothes that I don't need or want anymore. Isn't it just lovely? It's like such a such a negative feedback loop. So going through my clothes and taking pictures of them for Poshmark was the biggest use of my energy on Friday. And other than that, I just kind of waited for nightfall and waited until it was an appropriate time to drink. And I made myself a very large vodka soda with lime, which I never make that anymore. Like that used to be my go-to drink when I was, you know, in my 20s going out all the time. It's not for me a vodka soda with lime is not a drink that you make at home. Like once you get past a certain age, it's like wine or, you know, something a little more uh, sophisticated like whiskey or a dirty, not a dirty, sorry, an espresso martini, something like that. But your girl needed it. So I loaded that bitch up and sucked it down and I felt a little better. Um, we also have some gummies and I 
you guys know that I don't dabble very much um, in the pots, in the weeds, because I've only ever had really, really bad experiences every time that I have dabbled. And I know that's because I always overdo it and I'm always trying to like keep up with the people around me, which is so completely unnecessary because I feel like I can just look at weed and I get high. Um, So I had a literal corner of a gummy like it was the tiniest. It was like I was like nibbling it with my two front teeth. I don't think I felt anything, obviously. Um. And we just had a very chill Friday evening. We had pizza. We had salad. It was whatever. Saturday, I woke up, definitely had a new lease on life. Still was very sad, but very much pulled out of my funk that was Friday. I cried a lot on Friday. And so I was a little emotionally exhausted come Saturday. But also, I'd gotten all of the pity partiness out of my system, so I was pretty good to go. I'm sitting here trying to remember what the hell I did Saturday morning. Like, I know that I I did some sort of errand, but I literally can't remember what it was. I mean, I guess it wasn't that important. Saturday, we took it very easy. We did not work out. We weren't active. We just kind of like did things around the house. And then at 4.30, I booked us pedicures at Mini Lux because good God, I needed it. But more than me, Zach really needed some attention and treatment to his toesies. Um, I got him a naked pedicure. He he has gotten color in the past, actually, like almost every time that we've gotten pedicures, he has gotten color. Um, And I love that. I love that about him so much. The first time he did it, we were very like we weren't very far along into our relationship. And I was kind of like, um, that's kind of weird, maybe. And then very quickly, I was like, no, that's so tight. Like, he's so cool and quirky and doesn't give a fuck. Um, But this time it was naked. So we went, we were dressed in our sweats, literally not dressed to impress anyone, um, got our pedicures. And then we didn't really have a plan for Saturday night because we weren't supposed to be here anyway. So since we were over in that shopping center, which (laughs) I've said this a couple episodes ago, but it's the shopping center off of Oak Lawn where the mint is and the wildlife piercing places and all of that. Um, I'm over there literally all the time. So since we were there, we were like, maybe let's get a drink or like an early dinner or something. So dressed in our literal sweats, we went to Tulum and we posted up at the bar and decided to have ourselves some cocktails. And it was super fun, super uh, impromptu. I mean, I really did feel like such a slob. I was in sweatpants and like a really big uh, gap jacket that I got many years ago that really I think is, it's very much supposed to be a house robe. Like there really isn't a lot of wiggle room as to like it transitioning well into the real world, but I didn't give a fuck. I also had on my new Gucci bag. So I felt like that protected me against anyone saying that I was a slob. Like, no, this is like casual, chic slob. I have my Gucci bag. I am royalty. So at Tulum, we got 
we got two rounds of drinks and the drink that Zach got was their very special margarita that has like tequila, two types of mezcal, some other sort of liqueur. Um, I got their their spin on a Paloma, but it was much more like grapefruit forward and served in a very big martini glass. And then after that, I just got a skinny margarita. But Zach's two margaritas sent him over the edge and he was so funny. He I, we love, can I just say this? We love sitting at the bar. Like, it is our favorite fucking place to sit in any restaurant establishment, period, hands down. Like, the the times that we actually sit at a table, that has to be a very fancy dinner that we are participating in. Other than that, our first choice is always the bar. It's just more our vibe. And every time that we do sit at the bar, we always end up talking to people like on either side of us. And, you know, these aren't friendships that are going to go beyond this one Saturday night out in Dallas. But it's just we're social people like that. And so it's really fun to shoot the shit with complete strangers and make them your best friend for an hour or two that evening. So we were sitting at the bar at Tulum, obviously, and just talking it up to all different sorts of people. And this one guy, you know, grabbed the chair next to Zach and he was asking Zach about um, what he was drinking. And Zach was explaining what kind of margarita it was. And he he just ended with saying, I don't know, I'm fucked up. And it was hysterical. And also his hair just kept getting like crazier and crazier throughout our time at Tulum. Like we walked in and it was it was pretty tame. And then by the end of it, it was going in like six different directions to the point where the bartender even was like, man, your hair looked fine when you walked in. But now like, whoa. So we got good and tipsy there. And we actually had a couple of appetizers there as well. The The thing with Tulum for me is, yes, the atmosphere is is cool as fuck. And their drinks are fantastic. Like it's just a vibe, if you will. But I've never been super impressed with their food. And I think I've eaten there like three times now. And there's just nothing, there's nothing really on the menu to write home about. There's nothing where I'm like, oh man, like I'm really craving that one dish from Tulum. I really want to go there tonight. And I thought maybe ordering a couple different appetizers this go around with Zach would change that. But it was the same thing. I mean, their salsa is really good. It's super different than your traditional, the salsa that they serve at like every Tex-Mex place in Texas that you expect. It's very different from that in a, in a good way. We got like a white fish ceviche, which was okay. I mean, it wasn't like that incredible. And then we got we got like a chili, chili relleno, like a stuffed pepper with shrimp and cheese and everything. And I swear to God, there were like five pieces of shrimp. I think Zach got all of them or at least three and I only got two or something like that. It was definitely not equal and I will never forget that. So we kind of, we noshed, we noshed, if you will. And then when we left, we were, we were definitely drunk. I mean, maybe not drunk, drunk, but like very tipsy, feeling very loose, very silly. And we were trying to think like, should we go home? Should we go somewhere else? Like do like a restaurant hop and go eat like a full meal somewhere else? What should we do? Also, once again, we are dressed in sweats and we look like pretty big pieces of crap except for my Gucci bag. 
I'm telling you, I really, really considered that Gucci bag as kind of like our shield of protection against people judging us on Saturday. So we were walking to the car and Zach was like, what if we went to Cosmos? And I was like, oh my God, what a great idea, Cosmos. Woo, so fucking seedy, so alternative. We can get some pizza. Hell yeah. So we go to Cosmos. Now, I haven't been there. The last time that I was at Cosmos was like February of 2020. Um, and even then, it was it was like a weird night. It, I feel like I almost feel like it was a weeknight and nothing was going on there. It was dead. And before that, the last time I had been to Cosmos was in God, I don't even know y'all like at least like 2017 or maybe even earlier than that. So it had been a minute since I'd been to like a fully packed house in Cosmos. And my memories of it were that it was like it's a it's a very alternative place. It's where like hipsters go. It's just super quirky. It's super dark. It's a little seedy. It's a little dirty, but it's really, really fun. It's not like that anymore. Every I'm not exaggerating. Every single group of people that we saw there were white, affluent white people. Um, They all looked middle aged, like at least 40 between like 40 and 45, all of the men were very typical, like white bread males with like, you know, checkered button down shirts on with sweaters over them and like nice jeans and loafers. And all of the women, uh, all of the women had that like Dallas look like fake blonde, you know, expensive jewelry and clothes on. It was fucking bizarre like I I mean Zach and I went there fully expecting to feel a lot more comfortable than we had at Tulum because of what we were wearing and how like dressed down and casual we were and we couldn't have been more wrong like it was just the most wild thing I don't know when that happened I don't know like when their clientele kind of shifted but all I could gather was that it it's a lot of the uh, people who live over in like that Lakewood area, like or like White Rock area near the lake and, you know, have money and really beautiful homes. And they have made Cosmos their hangout. It was just so bizarre. So uh, we weren't really feeling the vibe, obviously, but we did get there. They're known for their Vietnamese food, which is so random, but one of the charming things about Cosmos. We did get two banh mi sandwiches to go, and we had a beer and just kind of waited it out. And then we got the sandwiches and came home and ate those sandwiches. And I have to say that the lemongrass beef banh mi from Cosmos is very, very delicious. But we also were very, very tipsy. So I don't know, maybe I'm making that up. I don't think I am. All I've ever heard is really good stuff about their food. And that was our Saturday night. So then Sunday rolls around and Sunday, Zach and I were feeling even more pep in our step. And we went to the gym. He actually did a Megmo workout with me, which was really fun. I love when he decides to do that so he can feel how how hard Megmo works you. And let me tell you, he was like, holy shit, I never work out my hamstrings or butt like that. That was really intense. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I do, bitch, every single week, day in and day out. Let's go. 
After our workout, we were very hungry because I think once we were done working out, it was like 1230 and we hadn't eaten at all that day. So we went to this little local place over, um, where would you even like describe where this place is? I don't know. Like, I don't know what the little district area is called, but it's called Garden Cafe and really small, cute little cafe that also is like amongst a garden so it's exactly exactly as advertised um but we had never been there together i don't i'd actually only ever been to garden cafe one time years ago on a morning coffee date with this fucking weirdo god he ended up being so weird and just so he's part of the problem i'll just say that so we went we sat at the bar of course zach did have to get a beer because his hangover really kicked in after our workout. Um, I just got some OJ and we just had a very, I mean, like their menu isn't anything special. It's really standard shit. It's just like very casual and very like small town local feeling. So if you don't want a lot of fuss, it's a great spot to go. Um, I got the chorizo and eggs um, with some hash browns and some tortillas. And Zach got um, their version of a Benedict that looked really good and like not smothered in hollandaise. And he said it was delicious. After that, we got home and the best thing that happened over the weekend was that our new living room rug got delivered. So that was a major silver lining in terms of our trip getting canceled. And so that allowed us to be here when the rug got delivered. And I I have said this on Instagram. I've written a blog post about it. But I have literally gotten all of my biggest area rugs from Rug Source online. It seems really sketchy. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm fully aware of that. It seems super, super sketchy. But they're not at all. They're so legit. They're a massive warehouse actually in Charlotte, North Carolina. And they almost are always having sales. I have not bought one of my rugs for full price. Like they always have some sort of amazing deal going on. I've actually, I think I did maybe like one collaboration with them, but they definitely don't know what the fuck is up in terms of like social media influencers and how all that works. So it wasn't it didn't go particularly well and it wasn't executed very well. Um, but that's no never mind. It did not deter me from ordering more rugs from them because it's just they're so affordable and so unique. That's the other thing about rug source is that no two lug two lugs, <laughs> no two rugs are alike. They're literally all one of a kind. So when you find your rug and buy it, that's it. Like it's out of stock. There isn't another one like it. So every time that I post about every time that I like post a picture and you can see one of my rugs in the picture, I always get questions about which one it is. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter because it's not available. So basically just, you know, you have to go, you have to you have to go to Rug Source online and put in what you're looking for in terms of like color and size and all of that and really browse and scour and narrow it down for yourself. We have been in need of a new living room rug for a very long time. Like before I moved in, the rug that Zach had in our main living room 
was way too small for the space and the colors were you know very like blue gray white it was there were cool colors very calming colors which is great for some instances for a lot of instances but we had both realized and decided that we really wanted to bring a lot more color into the front of the house because the way that the house is set up is it used to be it was built as a duplex I want to say and so we basically have two living rooms like it's not a massive house but just because of the layout it's like we have the main quote-unquote formal living room that you see as soon as you walk into our front door and then we have this other room that we call the blue room, which is essentially like the den. And it's like the cozy den where you cuddle up and binge watch a show and you don't really host in there unless it's like a best friend or family and everyone's like snuggled up in there. I mean, we have been going back and forth about a, a, like a new living room rug for like a year. And the week before last, I was like sitting next to Zach on the couch and I was doing something and he was like, OK, I just ordered us a rug. And I was like, what? Uh, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I got it from Rug Source. And I was like, well, of course you did. And he didn't run it by me. He didn't like get my approval. And I loved that so much. I just loved that so, 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 so much. But he showed it to me and I was like, yeah, I mean, that looks fucking amazing. Like it's in like the Red family, like all of our other rugs are. It It's hopefully, you know, it's as amazing in person. So that got delivered over the weekend. So we spent the the better part of Sunday afternoon dealing with that and um, rolling it out and situating it and reformatting the layout of our main living room. I wrote a blog post actually all about it. And you can read all the details, see what our main living room looked like before, what it looks like now. Um, and then also find out what we're going to do in that den area in the blue room um, to replace the couch that we ended up taking from it. So you can read that at emmasthing.com. I can't wait to hear what you guys think of our new setup. Once we'd gotten more than our fill of home stuff on Sunday, like we just were going, going, going. Oh, that's the other thing. We ended up taking the living room rug that had been in the main living room that I was talking about a few minutes ago um, and moving it into Zach's office space because it makes so much more sense in there. And that was a whole thing. Holy shit. Like he has his heavy ass standing desk and massive monitor. He also has the treadmill in there and all the weights. So I would say we probably spent an hour, maybe a little more, reconfiguring everything like moving things out clearing the space so we could lay the rug down I mean it's really true what they say about like you you never want to work backwards in terms of laying a rug down like it's the first thing you want to do not it's not something that you want to fuck with once all the furniture is in place so that was a bitch we were sweating lots of teamwork but we got it figured out and his office looks so good it looks so good. Like that rug was made for it. So once we'd done all of that and we were very satisfied with ourselves, um, we were trying to decide whether or not we wanted to go to Hillstone. As I've mentioned before, we do Hillstone Sundays every second Sunday of the month. And we just 
uh, we just couldn't decide. I mean, it's our favorite thing in the world, but a big part of it is that we go and we we always usually get a little tipsy because we get our our dirty martinis because they're so fucking incredible there. And we had gotten pretty, pretty tipsy on Saturday night. So both of us weren't really sure if we were feeling it. But we also were like, well, we weren't even supposed to be here this weekend. And so we deserve to like do a Hailstone Sunday. And plus, we aren't going to be able to do it this Sunday because it's the Super Bowl and we are hosting people. So after we did all that home stuff and especially messing with Zach's office, we were like, fuck it. We deserve it. Like, let's get ready. Let's go to Hillstone and have a lovely Sunday evening. So that's exactly what we did. And it was amazing as usual. And it was so funny. I was standing, we were standing at the bar, sipping our drinks, waiting to be seated at the bar because, of course, we only sit at the bar at Hillstone. And this girl came up to me and she was like, I'm so sorry. I am going to be really creepy right now, but literally, like, I'm with my husband and he thinks I'm a freak because for the last like five minutes, I've been talking about how Emma's thing is up at the bar and she's wearing the boots that she influenced me to get and I'm also wearing them tonight and I just have to go say something to her and it was really funny and everyone was laughing and they're they're the Mark Fisher like lug sole boots that I'm so fucking obsessed with and just so happy that I got this season for a hundred bones nonetheless and so that was a funny moment and then we got seated we had dinner it was wonderful and then we came home and wound down for the weekend and the evening And that was it. That was our weekend in Dallas where we were really supposed to be in Lawrence. And, you know, it was very productive. We got a lot of shit done and everything turned out fine. But I am still very, very sad about Lawrence. And the other part of it is that, you know, scheduling trips with my sister and her wife is difficult now because they have two babies. They have twins. So they can't travel as freely and, you know, it's it's a hassle trying to find help so they can travel. So I don't know if we're going to make up for the Lawrence trip this year or if we're just going to completely try again next year because I really do want to take Zach to a basketball game. It's not like the main it's not the main event of this trip, but it definitely was like a really fun added bonus. And so we're going to just we're going to try for 2023. All right, moving into part two of the episode where I talk about what I've been reading, watching, and listening to lately. I have two words for you. That's really one word, but four syllables. Yellow jackets. Holy fucking fuck, you guys. This show is so incredible. Like, So I've heard Merritt talk about it on her podcast for weeks, for weeks. And also a few of my best friends mentioned how incredible it is and that everyone needs to watch it. So this weekend was the perfect time to start a completely new, very intense series. So we started Yellow Jackets on Friday night. It it is so amazing. Like, (laughs) I, I don't think that I've ever been this hyped and intrigued by a television series in a very long time. I'm just, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, yes, like it does have lost vibes, but it's like, 
here's the thing. I'm not good. Like, I'm not a good detective when it comes to shows and movies. I I never know what's going to happen. I'm not really trying that hard to figure it out along the way because I love the element of surprise and I don't want to know. Like, I'm not into spoilers. I'm not into you know, guessing like what's really going on because it kind of just ruins it for me. Like I'd rather be completely blown away by the resolution. So even though like obviously my mind is going like a thousand miles a minute watching this show, I still don't know what the fuck is going on or what's going to go on. And I love that so much. And Zach is so into it as well. Like I just it's the acting is so good like all of these young actresses are amazing and I'm very impressed by how well they casted this entire show it's just god it's so so good I have so many thoughts on it I don't want to share too many thoughts but I'm just like oh my god so I I I have one thing I do want to say and so if you don't if you don't want any spoilers Um, just fast forward. I'm going to make it really quick. But basically, I'm just like, what's really bugging me is that, okay, so Shauna's pregnant. We know that she's pregnant from Jackie's boyfriend, who she ends up marrying. But her daughter, her daughter is still in high school and still living at home. And if you do the math from 1996 to 2021, like, let's assume that Shauna was 17 or 18, you know, when they're stranded, that the math does not add up. Like her daughter would be in her mid 20s. She would be not at the house, obviously not in high school. So I just don't know. I don't know if that's like a fuck up on the writer's part or maybe something in, you know, the final five episodes, because we're five episodes in, maybe something in the next five episodes is going to explain that. But it's really bugging me. The math is just bugging me a lot. Anyway, it's an amazing show. I I cannot wait to keep going. We're kind of taking our time with it, like really savoring it because I don't want it to end. I know that they've already said there's going to be a season two, which is amazing news. I just, oh my God, it's just so good. It's so good. I cannot recommend it enough if you are into like a little... Uh, you know, a little suspense, uh, mystery, you know, violence, spooky, really well done shows. If you're into really well done shows, definitely check out Yellow Jackets. We also watched a few episodes of Murderville on Friday night before we started Yellow Jackets because we were trying to get in like a better, more up, uplifted mood. Um, and I like it. I like it. I I think there's like a lot of mixed reviews on it. And I think that comes from a place where I think everyone's expecting it to be funnier than it is. I mean, it's very funny. Like the entire concept of the show is hilarious. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's on Netflix and it stars Will Arnett and he's a detective. And every episode he has a new celebrity like assistant detective help him solve a case and the cases are so stupid and so goofy and and not serious whatsoever but it's all improvised like the I think what I read is that the celebrity knows kind of the deal and like knows the basic 
story of of the case they're trying to solve. But other than that, like there is no script written. All of it's improvised. And I love I love improvisation so much. Like, oh, my God. When I was taking drama classes in middle school, we had this one improv game that I just conquered at and it's one of my favorite things in the entire world so I'm I was already super intrigued by that and it's it is I mean it's very funny like it's maybe not the funniest thing I've ever seen ever but I just love that it's shot like a real legitimate tv show but because it's improv, the celebrity and Will Arnett are like constantly trying not to laugh. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they break and they're laughing and that shit is not edited out. And um, the episode with Marshawn Lynch was fucking hilarious. Um, So, so good. So I think we'll finish it up, but it's not it's not like a show that we're like racing to see the rest of. It's it's one of those shows that you can definitely like watch a few episodes of and then kind of set it and forget it and come back to it on, you know, a whatever day or night when you don't know what else to watch, but you want to giggle. As for what I'm listening to, I'm on a Taylor Swift kick this week because I'm going to be there in fives, track five, Taylor Swift, sing and dance along this Saturday at Southside Ballroom. And so I I feel like I really just need to get back into a Taylor Swift rabbit hole, especially because I know that most of the audience there are going to be diehard Swifties. And I am not on their level, but I'm, I'm going to try to be. I'm going to try and <clears throat> listen to some of her older stuff so maybe I don't feel as lost when that stuff is played and I can like maybe sing along and then also if you guys have not listened to Merritt Beck's podcast episode from last week where she had her dog trainer on you have to it is such a good listen it's an incredibly informative episode you pick up a lot of tips and tricks and learn about dog psychology or dog dog behavioral training versus just like training and it's it's really really insightful and also uh, brad's podcast voice is very sexual um it like i was listening to it last week when i was doing a long run and i was like what the fuck like this guy is he his voice just oozes sex and it made me like a little uncomfortable but i also like had to text merit and be like bro is brad single you know not that i'm trying to like set them up or anything but i don't know i was like he sounds really sexy like if he is single maybe you should pursue that anyway um so definitely listen to that episode it's it's awesome as for reading i'm still going strong with memoirs of a geisha i feel like i haven't made a a lot of time to read in the past few weeks, which makes me sad, but I'm trying to read every night before bed. It's just hard because Zach is a very light sleeper and I use my cool little book light that I got, but it's pretty, it's pretty fucking bright. So, um, you know, it can bother him sometimes and I'm not trying to ruin his sleep because (laughs) trust me, I know how important it is. And I, definitely know how important it is for him to get a good night's sleep. But anyway, I'm still trying to read every night and I would say I read a chapter 
a chapter a night, and I am loving the book, obviously. All right, let's get into part three of the episode where I talk about what's coming up. So this weekend, as I already mentioned, I'm going to be going to Be There in Fives, Track 5, Taylor Swift, Sing and Dance Along at Southside Ballroom on Saturday night. I think I think the show starts at like 7 o'clock or something like that. Um, and there are definitely tickets available. So if that is something that you are interested in, you should definitely look into grabbing a ticket. I'm going to be there. Merritt will be there. My best friend Whitney will be there. Obviously, Kate will be there. And I'm so excited to finally meet her in person. Like we, we've we been ki- kind of like Instagram friends and we've definitely messaged a good handful of times here and there because we have so many mutual connections, but we've never met. So I'm excited to to see her. And then Sunday is the Super Bowl, which I literally could give a shit about because not because like I don't like the Super Bowl. I do. I like the Super Bowl because it's like every excuse to eat a lot of delicious snacks and drink and hang out with friends. But I don't care about either team. Like, I mean, I I rarely care about either team, but I really don't care about either team. Regardless, we are hosting and we get to host in our new living room setup. I'm pretty sure the snack situation is going to be very standard. Like we're definitely going to have queso. And by queso, I mean Velveeta and Rotel because there is no other queso. Um, and I we're going to provide wings for the group. So I actually already put my order in with Buffalo Wild Wings to pick up at 4 o'clock on Sunday. And you can do that. And I just found that to be incredibly handy and helpful in preparing and having that order like ready to go. I hope I hope nothing fucks it up. I know how these things can be. And so I'm just hoping it goes smoothly. We get them on time. We get back to the house on time and we can all enjoy some delicious ass wings. So before I end today's episode, I actually wanted to like add in an extra part that focuses on one subject. And that subject, and probably, I mean, it's probably a nod to Valentine's Day, but kind of not, is about waiting for the right type of love. So on Saturday, when Zach and I were at Tulum getting overserved on tequila-based drinks, we, I mean, Zach and I talk so much. We talk about everything. And, you know, he was married and went through a divorce. And I went through so many turd liquors before I met Zach. And so we reminisce about that. Not a lot, but like enough. And especially if like there's liquor involved, we just love talking about love and life and lessons and all of that. And we were we were talking about those things on Saturday. And I posted something on my Instagram story because I was just so moved and felt like I needed to share that thought in the moment. And in case you missed it or just want a refresher of what I wrote, I said this. This is so, so random, but we're tipsy and talking about life and love. Eight months into a relationship, I was trying so hard to make work and killing myself over. The guy still had it and couldn't say he loved me. Eight months in with Z, we were discussing our inevitable marriage. Timing and perspective are everything. What's meant to be yours won't be quote unquote hard. Nothing you do or say will spoil it. Trust the process. And I just wanted to speak to that a little more on on this episode because I just am so passionate about that sentiment. 
And even though I'm engaged now and I'm on my way to getting married, I just never want any of my followers or listeners or readers to forget where I came from. I was desperately single for over a decade. And I had a small handful of longish term boyfriends in between, kind of. I had like two. I had like two 10 month long boyfriends during that entire stint of being single. But for the most part, I was dating around a lot. I was putting myself out there a lot. I was getting disappointed over and over and over. And it sucked. It sucked ass. I am so familiar with the process and everything that comes with it. And just because I'm happily with someone now doesn't mean that that's my new identity. It doesn't erase the years and years of being quote unquote out there and trying to figure this shit out. I forced so many situations. I was so stubborn. I very actively ignored red flags. I I just wanted something to work so badly that I was willing to put up with so much shit. And again, it's like, I'm not going to sit around and beat myself up over it because you don't know what you don't know, period. And that's kind of something that Zach and I were talking about. It's like, there are by no means any hard and fast rules for how a relationship should operate, how it should look, this and that. But there are pretty intensely stark differences that even the most blind person can see when it comes to what's working and what isn't. But what sucks so much, and it's kind of like, I kind of can equate it to like when you first graduate college and you're trying to apply for jobs and in the job description, they're like, you must have, you know, two to three years of experience in this field to apply for this entry level junior position. You're like, well, what the fuck? I'm literally a college graduate. I just graduated yesterday. Of course, I don't have that experience. So you're just going to really write me off because I don't have that. Ex- like, how the fuck? This is crazy. This is crazy town. Like, that's no. And the same goes for navigating your dating life and your romantic relationships. It's like you have to put yourself out there and experience things to gain that experience. So then moving forward, you can take all of that insight and your experiences and apply them to your future relationships. And it's twisted and it's fucked up and it's not fair. And I'm sure that at one point, all of us have wished that there was a crystal ball that we could see our future. I mean, I know that like when I was at my most single or just, you know, was dating like guy after guy who was the worst. There were several points where I remember saying out loud, like, I just wish that someone could come to me and tell me that everything's going to be okay. Like to show me like this is what is going to end up happening. So like, it's okay. I know you're in a lot of pain right now. And I know that you feel like a failure or you feel unlovable or unworthy or like your picker just is so, so fucked up and needs to be recalibrated, but it's all going to work out. Of course, life does not work like that. So you just do the best you can and keep on, keep it on. And, you know, as humans, humans who are being vulnerable, of course, we're always trying to find ways to get ahead of being 
hurt. And sometimes it works. Like sometimes you are able to spot the red flags or the warning signs and, you know, your gut is telling you the right thing and you're able to get out of something before it gets worse. But sometimes you're not. Sometimes you are, you know, against all of your better instincts, really obsessed with the guy or really like him, even though he so clearly is not giving you what you need, but you're willing to, I don't know, be patient and see if things change. All of us have been there. All of us have been there. And it's not something to beat yourself up over. But what I can speak to is that when something does work, you will be fucking amazed at how different it feels than all of the things that haven't worked. And I'm not trying to sell you in on this like fairy tale Disney storyline because that's not what true deep love is. It just isn't. But so many of us are raised to think that way and that's what we see. So that's what we're going for. And so in these shitty dating situations we get ourselves into, it's like that's what we're holding out for. And who can blame us? You know, I I mean, even like, okay, let's not say like it's even like a Disney storyline. It's like a rom-com storyline. So when I posted what I posted about the guy that I was with for eight months who or sorry, I I ended up being with him for 10 months. But at eight months, I was like, obviously so sure that I was in love with him. And he's who I wanted. And the fact that he could not reciprocate or express anything kind of close to that didn't deter me as much as it should have. Like, instead, I saw it kind of as like a rom-com challenge. And I mean, why shouldn't I? Because to give you guys a little more insight, I mean, I would talk to him about it. I'd be like, I don't understand. Like, we're clearly not on the same page. You can't even say that you love me or like see a future with me or anything in that arena. So like, what are we doing here? And every time that I talked to him about it, he would say, I'm almost there. I'm almost there, Emma, I swear. Like, just please hang on. I'm right behind you. It's like I'm five steps behind you and I'm going to get there soon. And that's that's like the kind of shit that he would say to me. And I was so into him and into this idea of, well, you know, in rom-coms, it's like, it's always hard and there's always like a turn of events that they have to overcome. And it's like just when everything seems really great, something big happens and there's a big misunderstanding and then they're separated for a while. And at the end of the movie, they always end up coming back together because they were meant to be. And that's where my head was at so many times with this situation and then with situations before it. Like, no, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be aggravating. It's it's supposed to be challenging enough to where when I finally get what I want from this guy and he finally says what I need him to say and feels the way I want him to feel, it'll all have been worth it. And it's going to be such wonderful, tumultuous, up and down emotional roller coaster of a story to tell people and tell our kids and how we, you know, against all odds, we ended up together and this and that. Like, that's what I thought love was. But I didn't understand that that's what I thought love was until I met Zach and experienced what love actually is and was like, oh, this is why people say that when you meet the right person, it should be 
easy. And I put easy, I'm doing air quote, air quotations. Can you hear it? I put easy in air quotes because like, I mean, shit is still hard. Like shit is still hard, but the, the, the kind of hard that it is, is so different than the hard when you are dating a fucking asshole or like maybe they're not even a fucking asshole maybe they're just maybe they're like a good guy and they're just not for you regardless the 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 difference between you know something being hard when it's the wrong person something being easy when it's the right person is really undeniable and i had never experienced it if you're really supposed to be with one person for the rest of your life you know, you're only going to experience it with that one person because it was meant to be. Honestly, at this point, I don't even know if I'm making sense or like hitting the points that I wanted to hit. I guess really the bottom line of what I'm trying to say is that having a up and down, tumultuous, on and off again, really intensely passionate relationship does not by any stretch of the imagination equate to love. And if you're anything like I was, you could very possibly be in those situations over and over and over again because you've somewhere along the way decided that that is what true love is. Like you shouldn't be able to get to true love that easily. There should be roadblocks and it should be hard. And that's just not the case at all. Like I look back on that situation I was in with this guy telling me he was almost there and just like to give him a little more time and wait and this and that and could kick myself for not breaking up with him on the spot. I mean, you know, whatever, like I can't change that now. I'll never be able to change that. But it's it's like that was so many things that I was in. Like if I had if I just had the insight and experience to catch that in the moment and realize that true love and affection and commitment is not something that needs to be earned. If you are ever in a situation with dating where you feel like you are literally having to pay your dues and act a certain way or not act a certain way to get someone to respect you, to fall madly in love with you. Basically, if you are actively trying to get someone to fall madly in love with you, get the fuck out. Stop what you're doing this instant and reevaluate what true love even means to you, what it looks like, and what the hell you're trying to accomplish by forcing the situation. Whew. As you can tell, I really did not think through how how this was going to go or what I was going to say. I'm really just speaking from the heart, you guys. And one day, one of these mother-loving days, I'm going to write my book, which I know I talked about starting to write last year, and I got a little distracted. Um, I've written like one chapter, barely. Anyway, but when I do, it's going to be about all of this dating insight and things that I went through because honestly I mean the most the biggest thing is that I went through so much shit with men and dating that I I have to believe that the purpose of me going through what I went through was to write a book and share my stories and like hopefully save other people from not making the mistakes that I did or not seeing 
warnings that I should have seen. Otherwise, I mean, did I just suffer for nothing? Okay, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode because we are almost at an hour. And I thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow the new Instagram account I started for this podcast itself called That's What E Said underscore the podcast on there. I share exclusive little things that only podcast listeners would understand. And I also post images after each episode to kind of give you guys an idea of what the hell I'm talking about and recap the episode in an aesthetically pleasing way. And if you like my podcast, please, please, please rate it, review it, like leave an actual review, subscribe and share it. Sharing is the biggest thing. If you know someone in your life who would appreciate hearing a random girl who cusses a lot just vent and rant every week and I'm their type of gal, pass me along to them. I would love to infiltrate their ears. Again, thank you guys. You're the best. Have a great weekend and I will talk at you next week. (laughs) 